0: You are listening to A True Gospel Perspective from our Macedonia Baptist Church ministerial staff. We pray that this message will be a true blessing to you. hand clap of praise one more time. We're here resurrection sunday and there is a word from the lord if you have your bibles turn with me to the gospel of matthew verse number 20 i mean chapter number 28 verses 1 through 10 Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse number one. It says, in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning, And his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There ye shall see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, all hell. And they came and beheld him by the feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said unto them, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there, shall be, there, there they shall see me. From this 28th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, I'd like to pen for a thought. Good news from the graveyard. Good news from the graveyard. I know it sounds contrary, sounds like an oxymoron to receive good news from a graveyard. Usually when you're standing at the side of a grave of a loved one, there's anything but good news. Usually our eyes are filled with tears our hearts are breaking. It's a difficult situation, a difficult time. But understand that the graveyard in our text today is a different type of setting. Yes, there were tears in their eyes. their hearts were breaking. But the whole dynamics of this whole graveyard situation that is recorded by every gospel writer it's quite different than the graveyard scenes that we see today. Because usually in graveyards that we stand by, it's finality. We will no longer see that person again. That person is dead and never to return. But in this case, case there is some good news. Because this is a special grave. This is a special situation. This is like no other event ever in the history of mankind. This is something that was wrought by the hands of an almighty God. You know the story. The last time I was with you, we talked about Gethsemane. And we see Jesus being led out of Gethsemane after praying and getting his father's will for his life. And he's under the arrest of the temple guards. And in the next few hours they would march him from courthouse to courthouse. They would take him before Caiaphas, the high priest. They would bring all kinds of lying witnesses that would misquote what he said and misinterpret what he told them. And so from there, because Caiaphas had no authority, to put Jesus to death, the crime being blasphemy, in Jesus saying that he was equal to God. This was, a, this was a, a, a punishment that was punishable by death, but Caiaphas had no authority to do so. And so just as Jesus said, they would deliver him unto the Gentiles. And so he finds himself before Pontius Pilate Pilate wanted to let him go. Because nothing that Jesus had said to him or had been reported to him warranted him being crucified. Jesus was innocent. He had never sinned. He had never wronged anyone. But yet here he stands before Pontius. Accused of being an insurrectionist. Accused of, of being a riot starter. And so Pontius Pilate desires to let him go. But understand that Pontius Pilate had no power, even though he said that he had power over Jesus, he had no power in this situation. Because what you need to understand is that everything, the events of everything that's happening is happening because God said it would happen. And Pontius Pilate and nobody else could stop what was about to happen. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad that no one could stop what happened. Yes, it was Friday. And they would crucify him. After scourging him and beating him, they would nail him to a cross. And Good Friday, there was nothing really good about Good Friday. Good Friday without Sunday morning is, is a bad situation. But how many of you know that God can even bring some good news out of a bad situation? This this grave site is really metaphorical as well. And, and, and And it really shows our conversion into Christ Jesus because all of us in here were in the graveyard situation at one time or another. Because the scripture said that we were all dead in our trespasses and sin. All of us was in the graveyard. As a matter of fact, you were born in the graveyard. You were born, we were all born on our way to hell. And if it was not for the love, if it was not for the mercy and the grace of God, we'd still be on our way to hell. But hallelujah! Lord, you died for my sins, you paid the price for my sins. So we all were in a graveyard situation, all of us. As a matter of fact, some of us are still in graveyard situations. And even if you've been born again, there's some dead things in your life that God wants to deal with. There's some dead folk in your life that God wants to deal with. It's all about your perspective in your graveyard situation, it's all about what you're looking for when you're going to the graveyard. It's all in how how you view the circumstances and the situations in which you're going through. Listen here. If all you can do is see the grave in the tomb, then you're missing something. Because we should see Christ in every situation in which we're going through. And that's the problem. That's the reason why we get defeated so easily. Because all we're looking at is the grave in the tomb. We don't come looking for Jesus. This is is what's happening here. Because of the Sabbath and the constraints on Friday, they could not give Jesus a proper funeral. They could not give him a proper burial. Because from a cultural standpoint, there there was the anointing with oil and perfumes that would prepare the body to be buried in a tomb. But because the Sabbath was approaching, because the sun had begun to go down, they were unable to complete the work in which they were supposed to do. And so what happens is that Joseph of Arimathea went and asked Pontius Pilate for the body of Jesus. After he had been crucified, after he had died upon the cross, and they took him down, he asked him for the body. And Pontius Pilate granted it. So the record declares that they took the body of Jesus and they just wrapped it up. Took him and placed him in a tomb. And it said that they rolled a stone in front of the tomb. This is all by a man who was secretly following Jesus. But look at here, look at the contrast. Where are the disciples? Where, where are the ones that had pledged their life to Jesus Christ? Peter, where you at when you said that you would even die with him? Where, where, where are the disciples? But yet you have this man, Joseph of Arimathea, as well as Nicodemus, that is, are being used by God to fulfill the purpose in which Jesus came for. And that was to be Born, to die, to be buried, and to rise again. So here they have him. They placed him in the tomb. As a matter of fact, the gospel writer said that the women were set afar off from the tomb, and they watched them put him in the tomb. They witnessed this. And so now we find ourselves on resurrection Sunday morning. Because our text says that in the end of the Sabbath, in other words, when the Sabbath ended, which is the first day of the week, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and Mary and the other Mary to the sepulchre. Well, my question is why are they going to the sepulchre? Why are you going to the grave? Well. The, The gospel writers declare that they're going to anoint Jesus' body. I got a problem with that. Because Jesus had already told them what was going to happen. Understand that these women came with good intentions. But they had the wrong itinerary. Their intentions was to do a good thing. But their itinerary was messed up. They came to work when they should have been came to witness and to worship. They came for the wrong reasons. Because Jesus had already declared to them that he was not going to be in the grave long. And so instead of coming to work and to anoint the body of Jesus, they should have been coming prepared to worship him. If they really believed what he had said. Understand this, that there's some, 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 sometimes we can be, we can be faithful and not be faith, and be faithless. You can work apart from faith in God and believing what God has already said. All these women needed to do was just remember and reflect on what Christ had already said. As a matter of fact, in the Gospel of Mark, he tells them plainly, he tells them plainly that I'm going to, I'm going to be. Crucified. As a matter of fact, he said that, that there's, there's 10 things that he says in the Gospel of Mark uh, in chapter 10. He said, number one, he said, he said that we're going to go up to Jerusalem. That's the first thing that he says is going to happen. He said, and, and then he said, also, and I will be delivered unto the chief priests. That happened. Number three, he says, and unto the scribes. That happened. And then I will be condemned to death that happened. Number five it said that that I'll be delivered unto the Gentiles. That happened. And then I will be mocked. That happened. Number seven I will be scourged. That happened. Number eight I will be spit upon. That happened. Number nine I will be killed. That happened. But when you get to number ten Number 10, it says, and on the third day I shall rise again. How did they get all nine of them right, but they couldn't get number 10 right? He said, I'm gonna rise. So your your, your whole makeup, the whole thing that you should have been going there to do is to worship him for rising from the dead. It's important, it's critical. Understand that the that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is critical to our faith Because if, if Jesus did not rise from the dead the Bible said that we'd be most miserable That we would still be in our sin That everything that we do the preaching would be in vain our living would be in vain all of it would be for nothing If He didn't get up from the grave I'm telling you it's, it's, it's critical They came with the wrong intention, with the right intentions, but the wrong itinerary. They didn't understand the method. They heard the message, but they didn't understand the method in which Jesus would do what he did. I I, I, I really don't, I don't know how they rationalized this. I don't know whether they thought that maybe Jesus was speaking metaphorically that he would rise. But if you remember when he spoke to Martha... He said that, I am the resurrection and the life. He is both the resurrection and the life. And he came that he might give his life for us. Yeah, faithful, but faithless. So we see, God is setting this thing in order because the next verse play out like a movie script. It says, and behold, there was a great earthquake For the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. I mean, can't you just see this? He comes down and he rolls the stone back. Why did he roll the stone back? It wasn't to keep Jesus in. It was that they might be able to go in and be witnesses to the fact that it was empty. The tomb was empty. And if you, if you read the Gospels, the women were wondering, who will roll away the stone for us? Who, who, who's going to roll away the stone for us? But understand this, that women, you had more than just the stone to worry about. Because on Saturday morning, the chief priest went to Pilate and said, listen here, you know, it has been said that he said he's going to rise from the dead. And we're fearful that the disciples are going to come and steal his body away. How can you help us, Pilate? Pilate said, this is what we're going to do. You've already got the stone there. I want you to put my seal there, which represents the power of Pilate. And then I want you to post a guard up outside of it, just in case some of them want to come and act like they're bad. So here it is. They they, They have the stone, they have the seal, and they have the soldiers. That constitutes a problem. That's a problem. They're wondering how 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 am I gonna get the steel the, the, the stone rolled away? But that, there's a seal on the stone as well. What are you gonna do about the soldiers? Well the text tells us that God even got that in control, right? He even got that in control. He he says he, said, he said in verse number three, he said his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for listen for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. God broke the seal when he rolled the stone away, and now he has put the guards to sleep. They're like dead men. And here, isn't this kind of ironic? Because here are some guards that were alive, but appear as dead men. But then you have Christ who was in the grave who was dead, but yet alive. This is how God works. They were as dead men. In other words, they were immobilized. They could not move. It was just as if they were dead. So God's taking care of the problems. Much in the same way, God will take care of your problems as well. If you trust him, if you put your faith in him, God will turn your graveyard situation into a glorious hallelujah good time. If you just trust him, if you put your faith in him, you don't have to stay in the graveyard. You don't have to stay bound up. You don't have to stay shackled to a grave. God has come to liberate you and to free you. He's come to give you eternal life. That's what it is. That's what it is. It's eternal life. So here it is. God has orchestrated and fixed the situation for them. But in verse 5, he says, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Wait a minute. I never see the women ask a question. How is it that he's answering them? Because this is God. This is the messenger of God. As a matter of fact, the other gospel writers said that they asked him, Why seek you the living amongst the dead? He knew why they were coming. He knew that they were coming to see and to anoint the body of Christ. But he tells them to fear not. In other words, don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. He never told the keepers or the guards that. But he tells them fear not. And that's what I want to tell you. Whenever you're dealing with a graveyard situation, whenever you're dealing with a difficult time in your life, a season in your life, fear not, because God has got you. It's faith that pleases God. When you look at a fearful situation and you still go forth and do what God has called and asked you to do, that's faith, and it pleases God. She tells him, don't, don't, don't be fearful. He said, you came." He said, fear not, uh, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. Now, I understand, in all, in all fairness, we must, we must understand these women were perhaps the last ones to see Jesus take his last breath. Because they were at the cross. They witnessed everything. They were there when they scourged him. They were there when they, when they pierced him in the side. They were right there. They seen the blood and water come shooting out of him. They were there. That's why we can't walk by sight. But we must walk by faith. These women were making their decision based upon what they had already seen. Yeah. Instead of what the word of God said. And we, we, we get trapped in that, that thing sometimes that we believe what we see instead of what God has said. A lot of times you're fighting battles and you're, you're going through dilemmas in your life, not because of what you've heard God's word say, but by what you're seeing. And we've got to learn how to disregard what we see and focus on what God's word has said. He said, don't don't, don't fear. He said, you come to see Jesus. You witnessed him. You were there when he was crucified. And the angel said, he is not here. For he is arisen as he has said. Here we see that he's reminding them that you heard him say it. You heard him say what he was going to do. You heard him say that he was going to rise from on the third day. You heard it for yourself. Then why are you here seeking the living amongst the dead? If anything, you should be here to worship him. Just imagine, just imagine, what if, what if the disciples had the same tenacity as these women had? What, what if they weren't so scared and worried and hide and bunkered down somewhere and would have been at the tomb? It would have been a hallelujah. This would have been the first church service where they just worship God and they just praise God for what he had done. The significance of the risen Christ is something great in our lives. It's a great thing. And wouldn't it have been wonderful if we would have been there for the first resurrection day? Wouldn't that have been a sight if we could have just stood there at the graveside and just saluted Christ and honored him and worshipped him right there at the graveside? But like the disciples, most of us, some of us are bunkered down somewhere. We're afraid to come back into the church service. We're afraid to come and lift up holy hands before the Lord. And here he's saying, don't be afraid. Why are you seeking the living amongst the dead? This is a place where we come to worship God and worship him in spirit and in truth. This is the place. He said, listen here. He said, go quickly and tell my the tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth into Galilee, and there you shall see him. Lo, I have told you. He said, get up quickly. In other words, you don't have time to think about this thing. There, there, there's no praying about this thing and, and, and wondering if, if I can believe, because understand, all they've seen is the empty tomb. They have not seen the risen Christ. So it's still an act of faith. One of the things that we know is that the the body is not in the tomb. (laughs) We still have not seen the risen Christ. It still must be by faith. So here he says, don't don't, don't wait. Get up quickly. Go and tell his disciples that he's risen from the grave. And that he'll meet you in Galilee. Look at here, look at here. And it says, and they departed quickly. (laughs) Don't miss that. Just as quick as he told them, is as quick as they got up and left and did what he told them to do. But notice this, that it said that they came, uh, 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 they left the sepulcher with fear and great joy. My question is why was they fearing? What was the fear about? Perhaps the fear was the fact that they're talking to this majestic being and their hearts are still a little bit troubled by it. But the interesting thing is that they went left with great joy. The word here in great is actually megas, where we get our our word mega. So in other words, these women left with mega joy. They were excited about what God had had done. They were excited about it. They didn't hold it to themselves. They were going to tell. They were on their way. Didn't have to pray and ask God's will. Didn't have to wait for confirmation. No, they, they, they heard the word of God. They trusted the word of God. They obeyed the word of God. And I just, I just wish that we would do that sometimes. I wish that, 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 that as the word of God uh, got, got, got taught to you, got preached to you, that you would just obey God's word. Did you understand that it's not my word, it's not any preacher's word, it's God's word. And if we just listen to the word of God, oh, we'd be a whole lot better off. Be a whole lot better off. They went with great joy. They went with great joy because they had this good news. This news that could not be kept to themselves. And they were on their way. But on their way, the Lord himself showed up and confirmed to them that he had rose from the dead. He said, he said, and as they went their way to tell the disciples, behold, Jesus met them and saying all hail and they came and they held him by the feet and worshiped him. Now they're in a good place. This is the good place. This is, this is where they should have been all alone because they fell at his feet and they begin to worship him. They begin to thank, thank your Lord. That you're risen. That you're alive. And they're excited about it. Why? Because there's good news. From the graveyard. This is an exception to the rule here. There's, there's good news from the graveyard. The news is so great that they have this mega joy. They're overflowing To where all they can do is fall down at his feet. And I would today that some of us would just fall down at the feet of Jesus and to worship him. Because he's worthy to be praised. Amen, amen. Then Jesus said, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. It's the gospel message. That's what we've all been commissioned to do is to go and tell somebody that Jesus has rose from the dead, that he's no longer in the grave. The significance of this is that we're justified. In other words, we've got our reward based on the fact that Jesus rose from the grave. Jesus rising from the grave means that God was satisfied with his death. That his death paid the price and the penalty for all of our sins. That no longer will we have to die for our own sins, but he paid the price for our sin. And the fact that he rose again means that one day we'll rise again. I tell you, it's good news from the graveyard. The song says, how sweet to hold a newborn baby. And feel the pride and the joy that he gives. Oh, but greater still, the calm assures. We can face uncertainty days, uncertain days because he lives. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know, listen here, he that holds the future, he also holds my hand. And life is worth the living, and living just because he lives. And that's all I come to tell you this morning, that Jesus lives. He's alive, and he's well. Yes, they led him to an old rugged cross. They nailed him to that cross, put nails in his hands and nails in his feet, pierced him in his side. He hung his head in the locks of his shoulders, but he got up. On the third day with all power in his hands. I declare to you that he lives today. And he's worthy to be praised. Why? Because he did it for you. Even though we didn't deserve it. God still gave his best. He suffered bled, and died for us. But guess what? He rose on the third day and he's coming back again. Right now he's sitting at the right hand side of God. Making intercession for us. He's praying for us. But he's coming back again. He's going to rapture us up. He's going to rapture the church up. And we'll forever be with him. I don't know about you, but I'm looking for that great getting up morning. I'm looking for that time of when I see Jesus face to face. When I see the one that suffered bled, and and gave his life for me, who gave all that he had for me. I look forward to it. I'm looking to see Jesus. I'm working to see Jesus. Because he's been too good to me. Thank you. Praise God. Stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. Good news. We hope you enjoyed this message today. And we pray that it was a true blessing to you. If you are interested in learning more about Pastor Charles D. Twyman and the Macedonia Baptist Church family, you can reach out to us at www.mbcdet.com